the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Cornerstone Connection with Pastor Gary Hamrick. Real love is calling, listen, truth opens up your eyes. Mercy is waiting for you with every sunrise. In the morning, when the shepherds would go to retrieve their flocks, how would you know which sheep belonged to which shepherd? Well, it was easy. The way that you would distinguish your sheep from all the other sheep that were mixing with yours in this central sheep pen was to call out to them because your sheep would know your voice. And when you would call out to them, only your sheep would perk up, turn to you, and leave the sheep pen by way of the doorkeeper. This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through John. In our modern culture, most of us are far removed from many of the concepts that are common knowledge in agrarian societies, like the one Jesus lived in during his earthly ministry. Few of us have spent much time around sheep, and we understand little about the relationship they have with their shepherd. In today's message, Pastor Gary will take a closer look at this favorite illustration Jesus drew from on multiple occasions. He used it to teach those who would listen about who he was and the work of love he came to carry out for humanity. At the close of Pastor Gary's message today, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Cornerstone Connection. Subscribe to the podcast or get in touch with us. But for now, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of John, chapter 10, as he begins his message, I am the door of the sheep. John chapter 10, we are continuing in our series, Jesus is the I am. And we've already established how when Jesus uses that language in particular, he is making a parallel statement to the way that God identified himself to Moses in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. And when the Old Testament was translated into Greek, and when the New Testament was originally written in Greek, the uh, words that Jesus used when he said, I am, were the same words that God used in Exodus 3.14, when he said to Moses, I am, and those two Greek words are ego, amy. And then what Jesus does is he uh, takes different metaphors and he attaches them to these I am statements so that we would understand two things. Number one, that he is asserting his divinity. When he uses that parallel language, of what God said in Exodus 3.14, Jesus is asserting the fact that he is God. And then by attaching these different metaphors, he's helping us to understand how he as God relates to humanity. And so there are seven of these I am statements with metaphors attached that Jesus uses 
throughout the Gospel of John. John is the only Gospel that records these seven particular statements. And again, for those of you who might be joining us for the first time, here are those seven I am statements. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Number two, he said, I am the light of the world. Number three, he said, I am the door of the sheep. Number four, I am the good shepherd. Number five, I am the resurrection and the life. Number six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And number seven, I am the true vine. And so today we've already made our way through number one and number two. We're going to be looking at number three, where Jesus says, I am the door of the sheep. And it is found in John's gospel, chapter 10, verses seven, and he repeats it again in verse nine. But so that we get the whole picture, I'm going to read uh, John chapter 10, verses one through 10, and then we'll pray and we'll dig out this passage together this morning. So here it is, John chapter 10, verse one. Jesus speaking here, he says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Verse 7 says, Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So here it is in this passage here where twice in verse 7 and again in verse 9, Jesus says, I am the door of the sheep. We're going to talk about that today. This story is given to us here in John chapter 10 as an illustration. In fact, that word illustration is used here in the New King James Version I'm reading from in verse 6. It says, Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. So what exactly is the illustration that Jesus is using and what is it that he's trying to teach us in this story? Now, when you look at this story, as we've just read it together, I I see that it is broken down really into three categories, and here are those three categories. This story is about sheep and shepherds, and the relationship of the shepherd to the sheep and the sheep to the shepherd. It's also about, number two, thieves and robbers, and the threat that they pose to the sheep. And thirdly, this story is about the door and the doorkeeper which of course is the main metaphor Jesus uses with the I am statement. So these three components, we're going to be looking at this story through the lens of these three components. And in order to really understand this illustration, we first need a little cultural context. Because the people of Jesus' day, they were an agrarian society. They made their livelihood off of agriculture and farming and fishing, and livestock. So 
Jesus teaching this, this illustration here uh, would have been much more familiar to people of his day than probably people of our day, seeing as how, I mean, Loudoun County still is pretty rural, some parts of it, Western Loudoun. So some of you are sheep, sheep farmers, sheep herders, shepherds, whatever you want to call yourselves. But for the rest of us who don't know too much about sheep and the whole idea of shepherding, Some of this is not all that familiar, but it would have been very familiar to the people of Jesus' day. So as we go through these three elements, I'm going to unpack all of this so we can understand a little of the cultural context as we we make our way through this story. So the first one, again, let's take a look at understanding how this is a story about sheep and shepherds. Of course, sheep were and are completely dependent on a shepherd for everything, from food to protection, to their well-being. I mean, the very survival of sheep is dependent upon a good relationship that they have with their shepherd. Otherwise, sheep are pretty helpless, and they are pretty senseless animals. I mean, they are, they are good for sweaters, and they are good for a good lamb chop dinner. But other than that, these animals... They're not, they're not the sharpest animals uh, in the animal kingdom, that is for sure. Uh, they're, I mean, I'll just, I won't be politically correct here. They're just dumb animals. They're just dumb. Now, please, no sheep email me on this. They're just dumb animals. I mean, listen, sheep going in a straight line can't even make a U-turn. All right, that's your sheep joke for the day. Uh, but one thing that sheep are bright about and they are smart about, is they know and can distinguish the particular voice of their shepherd. From all other voices, from all other people, they can distinguish the voice of their particular shepherd. And Jesus talks about how sheep know the voice of the shepherd. In fact, five times in this 10th chapter of John, there's some reference to sheep hearing the voice of the shepherd five times. If you'll notice in verse four, one of those references where Jesus says in verse four, and when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Notice that they know his voice. Now, again, here's where some of the cultural context is important to understanding our story, because at this particular time in Israel's history, When traveling shepherds would come to a city, and in particular, let's just say Jerusalem as a a bustling city at this particular time, whenever traveling shepherds would come to a city, they would take their sheep uh, to a, a sheep pen that was already provided for them in the city where other shepherds would also bring their sheep, and the sheep would be penned up there in the sheep pen overnight. The shepherds would get different lodging and then come back in the morning to retrieve their sheep. But various shepherds would bring their flocks to a central sheep pen in a city and all the sheep would would go into that sheep pen. And then Jesus makes mention of a doorkeeper in verse 3 because a doorkeeper in this city sheep pen would be entrusted with the well-being and the safety of these sheep. And and you would basically pay a doorkeeper when you would bring your sheep into the sheep pen and the doorkeeper would watch all night long to make sure that no sheep were lost and no harm came to any sheep. 
And, and then the next morning, all the different shepherds would go to this central sheep pen where all the sheep had been kept overnight. By the way, if any of those sheep ever had trouble sleeping, they would just count each other. All right, that's the second and last sheep joke for the day. But in the morning, when the shepherds would go to retrieve their flocks, how would you know which sheep belonged to which shepherd? Well, it was easy. The way that you would distinguish your sheep from all the other sheep that were mixing with yours in this central sheep pen was to call out to them because your sheep would know your voice. And when you would call out to them, only your sheep would perk up, turn to you and leave the sheep pen by way of the doorkeeper. Now, I actually saw this firsthand for myself about 15 years ago on one of our trips to Israel when we were in the countryside, the hills of Bethlehem, and I noticed uh, a flock of sheep, uh, probably 40 or 50 sheep, and I noticed two shepherds. I just thought they were working the same flock together. Little did I know that they were just together, but there were two different flocks led by each of these shepherds. And I watched them, and all of a sudden, one of the shepherds started to go the opposite direction, got about 30 yards away, turned back, and then called out to the sheep, and only his sheep perked up, turned, saw him, and then ran to him. The other sheep that belonged to the other shepherd didn't even lift up their heads, continued to graze, were completely unfazed by what just happened. Now, two things crossed my mind when I saw that happen. One was a reminder of this story and how sheep know the voice of their shepherd. The other thing that crossed my mind, because these were, these were Arab shepherds on the hillsides of Bethlehem, the other thing that crossed my mind was, how do these sheep know Arabic? That just shows you my ignorance. Anyway, I saw it firsthand. The sheep know the voice of their shepherd. Let me ask you a question. How well, how well do you know the voice of your shepherd? How well do you know the voice of your shepherd, Jesus? Now, have you ever wondered how to tell the difference between your own voice, God's voice, and even Satan's voice? Um, it's a common question I've gotten over the years of ministry, and my answer to that is, how can you distinguish God's voice from all the other voices? Well, the answer is the same way that you distinguish the voice of people that you love from all other people that you don't know. How can you tell the voice of, if you're married, of your spouse without seeing them? You can just tell by knowing their voice, the voice of your children, the voice of one of your closest and best friends. Um, the answer is because you spend time with them. You know, if, when I go home at the end of the day, and if Terry's home, I don't have to go through the door and say, hello, Terry, this is Gary, I'm home. I mean, all I have to do is say, hi, honey, I'm home. She knows my voice, and she doesn't respond by saying, hello, excuse me, can you identify yourself? I mean, we know each other, and the reason we know each other is because we have spent time with each other. And over the course of a relationship, you know the voice of somebody. They don't have to identify themselves. You know their voice because you're familiar with it because you've spent time with them. I would submit to you, and I don't say this in a way to shame anybody. I'm just saying this as a matter of fact. The reason why a lot of Christians don't know the voice of the Lord is because they simply are not spending enough time with him. The more time that we spend with the Lord, the more we will begin to discern the voice of the Lord. 
You know, when the Lord spoke to Elijah the prophet, he, he did not speak in this, you know, in, in these loud ways. Um, he spoke, the Bible says, in a still, small voice. Um, you know, God can speak audibly. We see that in Scripture. But most of the time, he speaks by way of that still, small voice in your heart where you just begin to understand and discern the voice of the Lord because you've been spending time with him. And, and I can tell you that oh, it's taken years to really begin to understand and hear and recognize and distinguish the voice of the Lord in my own life. And by the way, we have to always make room for our, for our flesh. When we feel like we're hearing the voice of the Lord, we have to meditate on that. And we have to always make sure that it lines up with Scripture. I, I don't trust every voice in my head. I hope you don't either. And so there are times we can get it wrong. But what I am saying is the way that you can best discern the voice of the Lord from all the other voices and clutter in our world is to spend time with Him, to just meditate on His Word, to spend quiet time in prayer, and sometimes just listening to the Lord, not always talking and telling Him what you want or what you need, but a lot of times just being still before the Lord and knowing that He is God, inclining your ear to the still, small voice of the Lord, being able to distinguish and discern his voice from all the other voices. And so it really is a matter of taking time. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And so as we spend time with him, we will be able to better discern his voice. Now, hearing him, hearing his voice is only half of it. The other half is obeying what we hear. And Jesus said at the end of verse 4, And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Following him is obeying him. And so it's not just about inclining our ear to the voice of the Lord. That's only half of it. It's doing what he says and always making sure that what we believe that he says to us lines up with Scripture and never contradicts his own word. Because God will never contradict his own word. So this story is about sheep and shepherds. Number two, it's also about thieves and robbers. Uh, Jesus mentions thieves and or robbers in verse 1, in verse 8, and in verse 10. These are those who pose a great threat to the sheep. And Jesus uses this illustration to call them out, these, these thieves and robbers, and to warn the sheep. Now, in its context, Jesus is calling out the religious leaders of his day, who are not helping the sheep find salvation, but rather they are using the sheep for their own personal gain, or they are harming the sheep with their own man-made rules. Uh, We'll have more to talk about the religious leaders and what is a good shepherd versus a bad shepherd uh, next week when we uh, look at how Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. It actually is a continuation of this story. So we'll talk more about that next week. But here's what Jesus does point out about these thieves and robbers uh, in this story that we're looking at this morning. One of the things he says about them is that they, they try to climb into the sheep pen rather than going through the door. He said there in verse 1, most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and robber. Meaning, since Jesus is the door to the sheep, since he's the only entry point He says, they, these thieves and robbers, are trying to circumvent 
the way to be saved by trying to get in without going through Jesus. And of course, the big way that the religious leaders were guilty in Jesus' day of being these false shepherds was that the way that they were teaching and practicing that you get into the sheep pen is by climbing over the fence, by doing works, by efforts that are man-made. And the fact of the matter is that we can't do enough good works to get to heaven. We can't work our way there. We only gain salvation through faith, and it's because God has given us Jesus as the gift of grace in our lives. And so he calls them out for trying to climb into the sheep pen other than going through the way of the door. He also tells us basically that they are imposters because in verse 8, he says, all who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. He's talking about those who came before him claiming to be Messiah, and it would just as true to say, and those who also come after Jesus who claim to be the Messiah. He is the only Messiah. He is the only Savior. So everyone who poses to be the Messiah, either before Jesus or since Jesus, is a false prophet and is an imposter. And then the the third thing that he says here about these thieves and robbers is that they intend to harm the sheep. That's what he means in verse 10 when he says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Now, if you've been a Christian for very long, you're probably aware that this verse is often uh, applied to Satan as the thief who's come to steal and kill and destroy. Uh, And of course, he is the ultimate thief. He is the ultimate robber because He intends you no good. Satan intends you only harm. He wants to kill you. He wants to steal from you. He wants to destroy your life, your marriage, your family, your business, everything about us. Satan hates us. And so he's going to always be trying to rip us off in some way. So, you know, he is the ultimate thief. And other scriptures reinforce this, how he intends to do us harm. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8 says, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Ephesians 6, verse 11, tells us to put on the full armor of God that we might take our stand against the devil. So the Bible does make it clear that Satan intends to do us harm. He is the ultimate thief who's come to steal and kill and destroy. The enemy is against you. God is for you. The enemy simply wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life, zoe, life, and have it more abundantly, or some translations say that you might have life to its fullest. Now, the good news is, concerning the thieves and the robbers, that Jesus says here that he is guarding the sheep pen. And so we can take comfort in the fact that even though there is an enemy who is after us, that Jesus is guarding the sheep pen and he's taking care of us, which leads us into the third and the final point of this story, which has to do with the door and the doorkeeper. And this is really the heart of Jesus's I am statement because he presents himself in this illustration as the door. Now, please notice with me in the verses related to the door and the doorkeeper that the direct article the is used here. Uh, Jesus does not say, I am a door. He is the door. Your 
So who is Jesus? That's a question Pastor Gary has been answering in this series. Jesus is the I Am. He's been telling you exactly who this Son of God is from the perspective of Jesus himself. Jesus told everyone his purpose through his actions, but also through the descriptions of himself. And not only was Jesus all these things when he was on earth, he still is everyone. He's the shepherd, the light of the world, the resurrection and the life. The Son of God lives today, having redeemed the world and defeated death. Today, Jesus can be your savior too. Would you like to know more? Or are you ready to give your life to Christ? Please feel free to reach out to us by calling 703-771-1500. That's 703-771-1500. We also want to invite you to join us for church at Cornerstone Chapel. We're meeting each Sunday in person at 8.30 and 11.45, as well as on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Visit cornerstoneconnection.cc to get all the information you need, along with directions to our campus. If you're not able to be with us in person, that's okay, too. We do offer each service online as well. Again, visit cornerstoneconnection.cc to connect. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for tuning in for Pastor Gary's message, and we hope you'll join us again to continue learning about Jesus. That's right here on Cornerstone Connection. They say you're a wandering soul That you've got no place to go But still you know